Hey there. For decades, the US proudly saw itself as projecting its power around the world, but now it's becoming increasingly isolated. So has the United States changed forever? I'm Aaron Young. Let's find out. Now from our headquarters at Ticker Park, this is Ticker Today. Hello and welcome. Okay, so former US President Donald Trump changed many things about US politics, but one way that's not often discussed is how the country sees itself on the global stage. For decades, the US sought to project its power around the world and whether that was a good idea depended on what country you were in or who you spoke with. But in recent years, that focus has now shifted back inwards. It began with Donald Trump. Now leading Republican candidates for next year's election are at odds with President Biden over ongoing support for Ukraine and just how far is too far in their support for Taiwan as well. So when did it change? What can we expect from the continuation of this narrative? For more, let's bring in Catherine Shoemaker from the University of Oklahoma. Great to see you. Obviously, it feels like from that intro, it's divided on party lines, is it? I think that there is a difference here in terms of semantics. I don't think that anybody in the Republican Party or certainly in the Democratic Party is willing to uh, sacrifice the United States' position as a global superpower. I think that how they wish to project that power is different, and that is falling along partisan lines. Now, obviously, Donald Trump came to the presidency back in 2016, ripped up the TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which Hillary Clinton and the Democrats have been talking about quite strongly as a way to bring the region closer together. He then looked towards NATO and said every country needs to increase its spending on military to 2% and therefore the United States should not be doing it for you. Since he's left, countries like Germany, even Japan have now done so. They've increased their military spending. Were people, was the country just waiting for a Trump to come along and to essentially force the world to not be so reliant on the US as a global policeman? You know, I think following on the heels of the war on terror, there, I think what's interesting about Trump is that as a Republican, he was part of the party that really pushed the United States to become the global policeman in terms of their involvement in the Middle East. So when Trump ran and then won on this platform of you know, talking about America first, this was really out of step with what Republicans had embraced prior to 2016. And so this is really a break. This is really a, a, a massive difference than what the kind of Republican foreign policy has been up to this point. So why has the United States become more isolationist? Is it because you mentioned the war on terror? Obviously, the US got pretty involved in Middle Eastern politics for quite some time. We saw the Arab Spring during the era of the Obama administration. Now the focus has turned back on the old foes of communism and socialism. And the US is at a turning point to decide, does it stand by countries like uh, uh, the countries like Taiwan vis-a-vis -vis, uh, Vietnam back in the 70s and 60s? Or does it say, you're on your own, deal with your own problems? I think that it's there are some parallels to the 1970s and even to the 1920s, which are two really notable periods of isolationism in the 20th century. And I think that both of those eras followed on um, kind of the aftermath of war. And certainly the United States is um, even now still entangled in the Middle East and still um, very much entangled in the war on terror. And so I think that there is a kind of similar phenomenon happening where um, this was not a war that uh, a lot of Americans felt was a time when the U.S. was victorious. It was, especially in Afghanistan, a very long, drawn out, very complicated conflict that I think people have felt 
as with Vietnam, has had a lot of costs for the American people. American soldiers predominantly come from the lowest classes. And so I think that, again, there's a sense that um, people who are um, in a sense, academically disfranchised have su have suffered and have struggled from this conflict. And that may be driving at least some of the isolationism on the right. Obviously, post-World War II, the Iron Curtain came down across Europe, as uh, was famously said, and therefore it became an ideological battle that was drawn between Western beliefs and democracy and, and capitalism, uh, and also the Soviet regime of, as we say, communism and then socialism as well. Uh, it's now become back to that. We've gone back to the future. Uh, talk to us about the ideological battle that goes on. Is there still the desire, you know, the McCarthyism that we saw through the 50s, for example, does that exist to the extent that Americans struggling to pay their bills are so worried about other countries that they would rather the US spend so much money on its defense force, et cetera, rather than focusing on ho at home? I think that you can't think of those as separate issues. The defense budget in the United States funds a lot of production and a lot of the economies of a lot of places, including my state of Oklahoma. These are defense contractors employ a lot of people. And so the defense budget is very much entwined to the domestic economy. And I think that that's a problem that certainly Donald Trump doesn't really want to talk about, that even you know, people on the left who are critical of the United States and critical military spending don't want to talk about, which is that any kind of all right, we'll leave it there for now. Always appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks. And that is a program for now. For more, you can head to tickernews.co. I'm Aaron Young. Hope to see you soon.